0: it's a new year y'all and for me i've never been one to do resolutions i do solutions and for the past almost two years i've been drinking ag1 every single day thanks to my brother dr andrew huberman who turned me on to this incredible product every day every morning no exceptions just one scoop and a glass of water they also make packs you can travel with that's been very very helpful for me as a active touring person, having these packets with me all around the world has been really, really helpful. So if you're a musician or somebody that is always on the go, the travel packs are incredible. AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, and pre and probiotics. It's very powerful, it's very healthy, and it's really simple, man. Healthy aging, shouldn't feel complicated. The thought of taking multiple supplements and all these types of vitamins and stuff and powders, it's truly exhausting for me. I've never been wanted to take a lot of uh, multivitamins anyway throughout my whole life. I always prided myself in just eating vegetables and eating all the stuff I need naturally, not in a pill form. So this is incredible. It covers my nutrient gaps. It supports my mental and physical health. AG1 is hassle-free, 60 seconds every morning. It's the high quality ingredients of pre and probiotics, adaptogens and antioxidants and whole food sourced nutrients. I drink it every single day. Every batch of AG1s goes through rigorous testing processes and their ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. If there's one product I can suggest you guys is the AG1s, man, this has been a life changer for me. So go to ag1.com slash OLLC and you can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. With AG1, I know I'm getting essential brain, gut, and immune health support, vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients for the day. And it's helped my mental and physical. So if there's one thing I can uh, recommend to you guys, it's AG1s. It's my nutritional insurance. I pride myself as almost being 54 years old, not going to the doctor all the time, knock on wood. I've been healthy my whole life and try to strive to be a healthy person stay young stay full of energy and still do the things i love that i did as a kid that's why i still skateboard play music exercise so start the year off right ag1 ag1.com slash yo yo liquid death thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends love your water love your brand love what you stand for love what you give back to the community if you want to learn more about liquid death and how it started Listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. If you want to just get Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for the merchandise and other cool items, exclusive items... Go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder to your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Love and Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. I have my friend Erica Daking here in my kitchen, which we were just talking. That I haven't seen her in like five years at least. Yeah. It's so crazy. Just, um, hi, welcome. Thank it's you. weird, right? We're like catching up on recording.
1: Yeah, and thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. Of
0: course. You've been here a long time ago. Yes. Now you have three kids. Now you have Kitchen Mouse. And you have two Kitchen Mouses, now.
1: Two Kitchen Mouses. And maybe
0: a third and a third on the way.
1: Yep. The um, cafe, the bakery, and soon to be a little walk-up spot.
0: Um. So yeah, it's all the rage in Highland Park. It's like a landmark. It's like one of the most... I don't know, well known, appreciated, and loved spots over there, right?
1: Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, we uh, we've been really lucky. We opened eight years ago now. Yeah, and let me turn my ringer off. Two thousand
0: was it? Two
1: thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen, we opened. I I signed the lease in two thousand twelve. It took about a year and a half to build and get open.
0: Yeah, and that was inspired by a lady named Jill, who had you come out and do some catering for photo shoots
1: yeah so i um had recently graduated from culinary school, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yeah and um after a string of of jobs that maybe we'll end up talking about i <laughs> um I got this this job hired by this woman, Jill, like Joe had taken a uh, a job going on tour playing bass for this band, and at the time we were so broke and you know he wasn't it wasn't a project he'd worked on before and he like took the tour yeah even though he was sort of conflicted about it at the time and it ended up being like a really great thing we're still friends with those with the girls their band and on that tour he met this woman named jill backstage the tour was with coldplay i think what yes what <laughs> And um,
0: he was on tour. Coldplay. Yes, all the listeners know right now. I'm freaking out. It's one of my favorite bands. That's crazy. Um, Okay,
1: Coldplay is our baby's favorite band. I listen to more Coldplay than you would. Are you serious? Ever believe? Wow, baby's Um, got good taste already. Um. So yes, he went on this tour with Coldplay, and he was backstage, and you know he was at catering, and he, you know, had his plate of food, and he went to go sit down, and he sat down at this random table with some women, and they started talking, and um. He was like, my wife's a chef, and talking about the quality of the food, and and this woman Jill was at the table, who's still a good friend of mine, and was like, give me her number, I'll hire her. I'm a producer, I I cater photo shoots, wow. and I'm always looking for chefs and looking for for people. So like, um, give me your number, and then she called me.
0: She actually went through with it because most people are like, yeah, I got you, I'll take care of you. I'll, you know what I mean? A lot of people say that in this world.
1: It's it's so true. And she actually called, and I was like so ready for an opportunity like that like I was so just positioned and ready and like I had no idea what it meant to cater a photo shoot or how to do it um and Monica did it with me our mutual friend Monica Parker, and and uh <laughs> and we we not only did it successfully I think it went overboard and it ended up going well and then it You know, one job led to another job. And then by the end of the year, I was so busy, I couldn't manage. And I was really working so hard. And at the time, I didn't have any kids. And um, Mm. that was fine and doable. And I was really able to put in the crazy hours and like get get the business going. Um, And by the end of the year, I actually ended up calling my chef from culinary school and hired him. Wow. And we worked together for years, and we. So I I was like doing all of this out of my kitchen at home, and it was really overwhelming and really difficult. So sure. I was living in Highland Park at the time, and so I found this spot on Figueroa next to a gallery, and the gallery was owned by these photographers that I cooked for all the time now because wow. I was doing photo shoots, and I was really friendly with them, so it just felt like let's do this. It's, sense. Yeah, it yeah. was super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been sitting there empty for a while. And the landlord was like, I'm, I'm doing nothing for you, but your rent is really cheap. And so I was like, okay, now I have to do this build out. And I had these business partners who gave me the money to build it out in exchange for a chunk of the company. And um, I was able to to build it out. And then get the catering company running out of there and then we opened the cafe and at the time I had absolutely zero expectations for the cafe I yeah. wasn't expecting success I wasn't expecting what ended up happening so we had about like 12 seats and it was tiny and I was like oh back in the kitchen we'll run the catering company on the cafe and it'll be fine and it mm-hmm. was insane and so uh We ended up expanding one way and then the other way and taking three storefronts and for more dining room, for more kitchen. And, and that's, and then we started like quickly outgrowing that as well. And actually pre pandemic, we, in 2020, we were about to close escrow and get the keys to our first building we were going to buy. We got this really hefty SBA loan and we were going to buy this building in Pasadena and, like the day we were supposed to sign all the paperwork and it was supposed to be official was the day they closed the NBA down due oh, to yeah, that was the, the pandemic. Yeah,
2: Damn.
1: And I was like, my, my business partners, we got on the phone and they were like, we trust you. We're going to let you make this decision. You know, like, make it. So yeah. I like had to sit there by myself and just go, is this smart? Like...
0: Yeah, it's a big decision.
1: So I ultimately decided to pull out. And also there were other circumstances, like the person we were buying the building from, we were having some other issues with, so we were able to get out of the deal. And, you know, there was some mourning that goes with like, you know, we were really excited about it. And it it was a big deal for us. But then a week later, I had to send my whole staff home. And I was like, thank fucking god that yeah, we totally probably not supposed to three. <laughs> okay. um um i was like thank god that we you know didn't move forward with that yeah. and you know we were had about 72 employees at the time and we wow. went down to eight of us wow. and we you know i remember you know like the day i sent everyone home and we were closing the line down in the kitchen. It must be so hard. It and I like had like the single tear Damn. coming down my cheek and one of my chefs at the time was like, you know, like, we really had no idea what we were in for and she no. was just like, why are you crying? It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. And I was like, I just knew. I just knew like mm. when you've built something like that and it's running and when you take it all apart that no matter what, even if we were back in two weeks, six weeks, two months, six, it was going to take so much yeah. to put it back together, and it was never going to be the same. And that's what we've been dealing with for two... Has it not been the same since? No. I mean... Wow. Not, it'll never be the same. I don't think anything will ever well, the be the world same. The
0: I'm saying your restaurant. Is it thriving th- again? It's... After coming out of this?
1: We're trying to figure out how to make money again. Like we, are, yeah. s- our sales are back, our customers are back, but everything is so expensive. Yeah, Labor is so much more expensive, which I'm fine with, you know, like food costs, gas, everything. Like we're okay, we've made it through. I believe that we're gonna be fine and better than ever, but it is, there's no denying it's been extremely challenging and scary and we would not have made it through without the government assistance and the money that we got through the restaurant relief fund through yeah. the paycheck, you know, protection program, like, um, and we just last week finally got our official letters of forgiveness for all of that. Um, what does so, that mean
0: for the listeners? Letters of forgiveness,
2: forgiveness.
1: So basically
2: the wipe everything,
1: the government gave you all this money, but you had to prove that you used it in a way by their guidelines. Yeah. And so while I knew that we did that and I didn't have any question about that, I didn't trust that <laughs> it was gonna be forgiven until I until I saw it. And yeah. um and so that's been a huge relief.
0: So that means you're all clean with everything's clear with the government and you're good to go. Yes. And you followed all the all the procedures and was that tricky too? Was that stressful?
1: It was so difficult to apply for those loans and um and not
0: everybody got them either yeah
1: no and i i've had conversations about the fact that like there are probably pe- so many people who didn't get those loans who deserved them or needed them just because they were so hard to navigate yeah and to get the paperwork together and the numbers together and not everyone is that organized or has the ability to do that um yeah so but uh we we were really lucky
0: you're a pretty organized person
1: I I excel at at admin in that way, so <laughs> <laughs> it was fine.
0: Would w- you guys do anything different to survive the pandemic? Like, did you change things up? Did you do? I know I know p- some people were doing like different kinds of foods and different deliveries and different items.
1: Oh my know, god, we we did it everything. All. We did it all. We we pivoted a, a million times, and it was exhausting, and. <laughs> You know, like we became a grocery store, and then we became an online grocery store, and we had all the, you know, we didn't really do a lot of delivery business pre-pandemic. Now, so much of our business is is pickup and delivery, and and that's that's cool. You know, it's one of the cool things that's come out of this. Also, all the outdoor seating that's really cool. That's really helpful. Um, But you know, then we brought back part of our menu. Then a lot of our menu now our menu is bigger than it's ever been because. you know, like I was saying, it's like you take everything apart, you build it back. And like, it doesn't exactly go back the same way it was before. And we're still trying to have to figure out, um, figure things out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, So going back a little bit too, you, you always wanted to be like a chef, right? Growing up and your parents cooked a lot at home.
1: I didn't. I mean, when I was like really little, I used to watch cooking shows all the time. And You know, from the time I was 12 on, I just, you know, I wanted to be a musician and I wanted to play music, but I, I never just wanted to do that. Like I was always inspired to do other things as well. And like in, in hindsight, like what I do now makes so much sense in so many ways, because it really sort of mirrors a lot. Like my parents had a bakery. My parents were both musicians. My mom was a singer. My dad was a drummer. My dad was in a one hit wonder sixties band. Yep and um growing up the blues magoos yeah yeah. and then um (laughs) you know my parents had a recording studio in midtown manhattan and that was studios yeah and that was it was called messina music and my dad is an engineer and my mom wrote and produced music um for tv commercials mostly and the studio was really beautiful and they also rented it out to other um artists and a lot of records were made there um including you know cindy Lauper records and yeah Another had engineered
0: that, right? Um, one of them. According to the interwebs.
1: I don't think he engineered it. Okay. I could be wrong. And but he toured
0: with the Who in 1967? He did. Wow.
1: Yes. That's
0: pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. And, it, your, and your mom
0: worked at a cookie factory?
1: My mom... So what happened was, is like my parents would do these commercials and one year for Christmas, my mom wanted to send something to all of her clients. So she made cookies and sent all of her clients these cookies and people freaked out about them over them, even though it was just the recipe from the back of, you know, (laughs) the chocolate chips or whatever. So it became a thing where she would send these cookies out. And then she started buying cookie jars and sending them out in cookie jars. And then she had 2000 cookie jars and became this huge cookie jar collector and then opened a bakery and then next to the bakery opened a card shop and then opened a kid's clothing store. Wow! And I would always tell this story. Sounds like somebody I know. Yes, right. You know, that. I, I would tell it like she was, you know, crazy and ambitious. And then I was like, Man, I did the same thing. Like
0: totally did.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, I was thinking about it on on the way over. And, you know, like I one of my first jobs that I got out of culinary school, um, I worked at Shangri La Studios in Okay. Rick Rubin's studio out oh, in wow. Malibu. And what I would do is I would cook for bands that were in the studio. And it was funny because I, I did that as a kid with my mom. Yeah. Growing up in New York, we lived just outside Manhattan in a in in Katona. Westchester County. In Westchester. And we rented the house next to us. My dad built a studio in the house and Joan Osborne recorded that What If God was one of us record Come on, there. Are you serious? And my mom and I would cook dinner for them every night wow and then i ended up doing that just randomly when i was 30 cooking for bands in the studio and um it's a strange thing
0: that is so crazy i didn't realize you even were born in new york too i thought you were a cali kid for some reason i don't know why no it's crazy and then you only have one sibling just jennifer
1: no there are four of us okay um when my parents got married, my dad had a son and okay. my mom had a daughter, and then they had the two of us, Jen and I. And uh, I'm the youngest, so okay. for me, they've they've always been around, and you know, I didn't. They were just my siblings and always yeah. there. And,
0: and how was it growing up there, upstate New York?
2: Not upstate.
1: It's, it's not, well, Westchester's not upstate. No.
0: How far is it from the city?
1: It's. Uh fifty five minutes. What do they call
0: that close to upstate? No, they don't call it that. I think anything out of Manhattan's like upstate. I'm <laughs> sorry. I think of like Poughkeepsie and like Albany. Isn't near that?
1: No. I mean Poughkeepsie, I think I got my driver's license there, but it's farther and Albany's much farther. Okay,
0: so upstate's like um Syracuse Buffalo? Yes. Okay, my bad. Sorry to the New York listeners, Um, but how was it growing up there? And did you go this, like when's the first time that you went to the city or something? When you were young?
1: Well, I always grew up going to the city because my parents had the recording studio my whole life. So I I spent a lot of time. It was on 45th between 9th and 10th. And um, and I remember like, I was like really familiar with that area and like Midtown and the Upper West Side. And I didn't go to the village or... The you know below 14th street until i was probably 12 and you know it's a different world never went to brooklyn you mm-hmm. know <laughs>
0: downtown was such a different too back then too
1: yes um but then you know once i turned 12 i started you know going to shows and going to the village all the time and playing guitar and um
0: going to show like punk shows at 12
1: not punk shows just like alternative and um you know anything from sonic youth and juliana hatfield and yeah whole um we went to every show we were front and center at you know the academy in roseland and you know we would go see the lunatics all the time and um
0: super young man it's crazy yeah we started
1: we started really young um and then why guitar i i think when i was 11 or 12 i went to go see juliana hatfield play and I just like picked up a guitar the next day wow. and started playing. That's
0: cool. And then, and then wh- how are you in school and stuff? Did you like school?
1: I did really well in school and I was a fine student. Um, good grades. Good grades until I, when I was in high school, I was so ready to move on that I actually, by the time I was in high school, I went to school Manhattan on 61st and I was ready to move on and I went to night school and I doubled up on my classes and I skipped a year of high school. Wow. And I moved to Boston and went to college in Boston, which is where I met Joe. That's right. And I joined F minus in what would have been my senior year of high school. Wow.
0: That's crazy.
1: And then I toured with you guys in what would have been my first year of college.
0: That is so crazy. And F minus, so how does that happen with F minus? Because they're a West Coast band.
1: So uh, (laughs) you didn't know I was from New York, but I know and it's funny because I I always knew who you guys were because, you know, I'd go to Generation Records and I'd I was such like a a record fiend at that age. And I'd, you know, always see Moon on the cover of that seven inch and, you know, I'd always see all the H2O shirts and around town. Um, But I was walking down the street. No, it was I was actually outside CBGB's. And
0: oh yeah. So how do you get to CBG? It's like, what was your first like punk thing? How you ended up going to CBGBs like, how do you find punk?
1: How did I find? Was punk? it through
0: like whole another bands you saw? It had to be. Who knows?
1: No, I actually, you know, I was getting into punk adjacent kind of bands, but what we ended up meeting from the local skate shop, a group of kids. That we started hanging out with all the time, and one of them was the drummer of the Casualties. I wow. don't know if you remember the Casualties. Of course, still They're around. Still yes. around, yeah. Um, but Probably my, the
0: same drummer, maybe. Who knows?
1: Meggers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Holy my shit. my sister dated Meggers for years. Okay. And wow. so you know, I I spent my teenage years going to five million Casualties shows and all these different punk shows around town, and I. Um was yeah I met Brad on the street and he we started talking and he um was like you playing a band and I played him my demo tape and (laughs) then I ended up running into him on outside of uh Trash and Vaudeville I think and he was with Sturgeon okay and um we ended up like I was just like killing time and he was just walking around and we ended up becoming friends and like spending the day together and then one day when I was living in Boston he called and he's like hey what do you think about joining my band and flying to LA and making this record with us we need a guitar player and you know I was 18 freshly 18 and I I was like sounds amazing (laughs) and um, at the time I convinced my my college to give me credit for flying out because I went to this super arty school that didn't have grades. And it was all just about your body of work. And I was like, I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to make this record. Like, give me credit for it. And they're like, Okay, so I went out and credit for
0: the F minus record. That's amazing.
1: I went out (laughs) and I, I met Adam and Jen for the first time. And Brad had never heard me play guitar. He just like, you know, except for this demo tape. And like, he just took a huge leap of faith. And um it's amazing. he lived with Tim and Brody at the time, so wow. i I stayed with them and and I stayed in their guest room,
0: obviously you knew a rancer were before that, right oh, yeah, oh, that, of course, that, I crazy. was
1: like it was that's so also wild, also yeah. surreal, you know, and I <laughs> and Brody had just made the first distillers record, and they were wow. like in the phase when I was staying there of like listening to the finished album and wow. you know, um so
0: incredible album
1: um yeah it was amazing and and that's when brody and i became friends and um it was like just being thrown into sounds like it thrown into it you know and uh tim produced that record that we made and we made that record and then a few months later i played my first show ever which was the record release show for afi's black sales
0: jesus so you had no bands before this and and what, what was your demo
1: um, I was in this band called I Hate Lucy Okay. <laughs> um, with my good friends, Jeremy and Jeannie. And that was like my high school band, you know, and...
0: Is this opposite of I Love Lucy? Yes. Gotcha. That's punk. I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I really didn't have... I mean, every now and then, like if, you know, I think I played bass for a couple casualty shows just because like someone didn't show up or couldn't make it or yeah. I'd get up on stage or whatever, but I'd never really... Played in a band before, and I—it's a lot. I was so—I had like such bad stage fright, and I was so nervous when we played. The, what was that venue in San Francisco called? Like the one
0: Bottom of the Hill? No, um, Tr- Troubadour.
1: No, I can't remember what it's called, but it was that... Berkeley Square. No, it was in San Francisco proper. There's so many of them, man. But um, we played there, and and I remember like I just got like so I drank too much <laughs> and. And was so nervous and got up on stage and, um, you know, made it through or whatever, but it was, you know, that's a crazy first show. It was a crazy first show and it was packed and, um, and Tim was there making like some sort of video documentary and (laughs) filming the whole thing and just, which just added a whole level. And it was, it was really nerve wracking, but, um, then we just started playing a bunch of shows and then the February of the following year I was in college and they called and they were like hey do you want to go on tour with h2o on a tour bus in europe oh my god that's right and i was like um of course like (laughs) of course like go to because i you know that was a fun tour being a a teenager and like watching all my friends bands like these punk kids get to tour the world and to have all these amazing opportunities and like go to japan and go all over europe and i was like that's insane that being in a band affords you these opportunities to like see the world and like i want to do that that's amazing and so when i got this opportunity to go on tour with you guys i was like didn't even think twice i was like this is what i've this is what i want to do like mm-hmm. i i want to see the world and get to do it like playing music and and uh it was awesome and i i I told maggie the story recently i remember like we F- flew in and we got on the tour bus and you opened your suitcase and it was filled with like vegan hot dogs <laughs> <Yes>. and like, <laughs> and all this. Totally,
0: there was no options back then. Um That is so fucking funny.
1: And yeah, that was my first, <clears throat> first experience with like really, you know, backstage food and bread and cheese and, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like I just, the, I, to this day, like most of my memories and like, how, cause I have a terrible, terrible memory. If it wasn't for my sister and Joe, like I always say, I wouldn't remember my life, but like, I remember food, like okay. what meals we ate and like <laughs> all the like home cooked meals that they like bring you the backstage at so the venue is like so good. Like backstage vegan food was so good. And
0: what were, you, what were you majoring in college at that time?
1: Um, I started as an art major you know, and it was very loose. Um, And then I ended up going to school for audio engineering and music business. And that's why. Yeah, you know, I always say like, I grew up in a recording studio. And to me, like, the board just looked like a spaceship. And I couldn't figure out what all those buttons did. And like, when I was in art school, I had this, I took an audio engineering class. And there was this woman who was this amazing teacher. And in like one class, she broke it down in a way where I was like, Oh, I get it. Like, (laughs) it's just a bunch of the same thing, a Mm -hmm. bunch of times on the board. And like, um, it really piqued my interest. And I was like, I really want to understand this thing that I grew up around that I don't know how to do. And so I ended up doing a semester of audio engineering. And I was probably would have finished and was into it. But then I dropped out to tour with you guys.
0: Wow, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> can you still can you think you read a soundboard still to this day and know what it means and stuff? Everything, a lot yeah. And since I mean, though,
1: you know, I also played in bands for a long time after that and spent a lot of time in recording studios. And yeah. my dad makes, so my dad has a line of recording equipment now. He makes, you know, mic prees and um, compressors. It called? It's called Daking.
0: Wow, I know that.
1: Yeah, so he he makes um, consoles and and recording equipment. And you know, I've seen a lot of the. He, he, It's like when you buy something from him, you also get him. Like he installs it and he That's cool. When you have a question, you call him on the phone and I love that. Um so I've met a lot of people through that as well.
0: Yeah, since since he is he is a musician, he wasn't tripping on you leaving college for that. Were your parents worried about it? Like you like
1: No. No. It was
0: supportive of it. I mean, my
1: parents, neither of my parents graduated from college and I think because of that, they really wanted their kids to graduate from college. Yeah. And like my oldest sister didn't, then my brother didn't, and then Jen didn't, and then I didn't, and then <laughs> Jen ended up going back and finishing her credits and getting a degree. But none of us have college degrees. I went to culinary school and I have my certificate or whatever, but I yeah. I never graduated.
0: And Maybe. you and you ended up going to culinary school. Was that was that in Rome or was that here? Because you worked in Rome at a restaurant, right?
1: Outside of Rome,
0: but um, where was the school?
1: Um, I went, to, you French know, French technique, a la cordon bleu, I can't say it. I went to la cordon bleu, which is actually, that's where Chef's went
0: to, Hall went from Crossroads. That's right. I know that. Okay.
1: You know, when you'd go to, um, the Arclight and you'd see that culinary school across the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I went. Okay. And so when you finish, you have to go work in a restaurant somewhere to finish your credits. And I got this opportunity to go to this restaurant outside of Rome. Um,
0: how old are you then when this happens? I was 30. Okay.
1: And um, it was an amazing opportunity. And I lived in this like little village and had this little apartment and worked at this amazing restaurant that was this woman's retirement. She was like, so I had some sort of corporate job in Rome and her retirement was moving to the country and opening this restaurant with her husband. And they, so she was not like this formal chef. She would open, you know, these magazines and find recipes and she just had a really good palate, and she made amazing food and it was all just really simple and rustic and, and great. And coincidentally, there was a yoga retreat in town and they would come through a lot with these big groups of people and they would always request vegan meals. Mm-hmm. So I was simultaneously having this experience of cooking these really authentic, beautiful vegan Italian meals And um, it was really inspiring. And she had just really unusual combinations of like, you know, she cooked with ginger in Italian Uh food and um, used really surprising ingredients. And I learned a lot from working there. Um, It was it was really great.
0: Were you cooking a lot leading up to that? Obviously, just cooking at home always your whole life.
1: I was I was always really into cooking and really into food and like just prior to going to culinary school, like my mom died and she was sort of, she, my mom was born and raised in Manhattan in East Harlem and I, she was one of eight kids and we had a huge Italian family and I grew up eating a lot of Italian food, blah, blah, blah. But after yeah. she, after she died, I got really, really, really into watching cooking shows and really into cooking and Joe and I made this record, and we had our friend come out and live with us, and we built a recording studio in our basement, and as part of the deal, we were like, look, we'll house you, and I'll cook all the food, and like, I'll feed you. And every day I would make us these meals and I was just like super inspired and like we were making this record and I took no offense, but he, every time I'd make a meal, he'd be like, Erica, this is what you should be doing. Like, this is what you should do. Mm. And I was, you know, um, after a while I listened and I was like, you know, we had just signed with this label and we were making this record and we were making music videos and he, you know, this label was really investing a lot into us and. And um I remember one day I went to George who was the head of that and I was just like, I want to go to culinary school. And he was so supportive and he um ended up becoming my business partner.
2: Wow.
0: And still is? Mm hmm. That's amazing. You know what's crazy we just said too, like after your mom passed, you went back to almost like your childhood and watching cooking shows again.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like
0: something like their connection made you it's interesting
1: yeah I my mom was a you know like I said she was a a successful music producer and had this career but like she was such a good cook that she would always get asked to like cook for her friends, yeah like friends birthday parties or this or that or whatever so she would take all these catering jobs and I would work them with her and uh she was just like she just made really good food and she was really into eating and like food was our thing yeah so i think that was just sort of a way i reconnected
0: yeah it's beautiful did you um did you guys eat out that much
1: a lot okay we ate out a lot and, and they cooked a lot <laughs> yeah um and luckily before my mom died she made this like homemade c- cookbook of like a lot of the recipes and stuff that she used to make i mean it's missing a lot but but i, I feel really grateful that i have that
0: yeah does uh, your sister cook she does you're the best cook out of the, of the kids
1: um <laughs> i mean <laughs> i invested the most into learning yeah, about yeah. cooking
0: <laughs> so then when you come back from rome what is your goals then is it to open something up Are you so are you no
1: like- i was certain i did not want to own a restaurant like you know i have kids now and i have a restaurant so i'm just three boys be- by the way yes i am very tied down but at the time i was used to being a musician and i was yeah. used to being my own boss and like i did not want to be tied down in the way that you're tied down when you have a restaurant and like
0: it's a lot of responsibility
1: i could not imagine that and i was almost certain i didn't want to cater i was like kind of taking the route of maybe a private chef um like one of my friend, my good mm. friend Karina uh when I left culinary school she was Rick Rubin's personal chef and she was leaving to go um work for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and be their touring chef and wow. I did both of those things with her and a little bit and I was kind of like I was really grateful that she gave me the, that opportunity and I got to sort of like test that out and then I worked in a restaurant and then I I was trying out all different things to yeah. see what I liked um and then I got a job in a little cafe to figure out if that interested me, and yeah. that's when I got the job with Jill. Okay, and it just sort of unfolded the way that it did.
0: You still go to bed early because you, maybe you still always go to bed. So we still, we would we would talk, when we talked with you guys, you you would always go to bed early. You're the first one to go.
1: I'm, to sleep. <laughs> I'm so happy that you remember that. I'm I, sure
0: you're more exhausted now with three kids and a business, a couple businesses. Um, yeah.
1: I have always been that way. <laughs> Um, I, since then. I used to say like I'd, I'd go to sleep under the merch table like I and it was I was incredible and I loved touring on a tour bus because I didn't really get to do that many times because your bed travels with you I know. which is so genius <laughs> and um, one of my least favorite things about touring for all the years that I did that was like where are we gonna sleep tonight and like where's you know like it being one in the morning and like still not knowing where you're gonna go to bed and like it's so brutal. Um, that was my least favorite part. And, and, uh, you know, luckily I, I think I stopped touring by the time I was 25 or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you could
0: always, you always went to bed early. It was crazy. I always
1: like, went to bed early. So when I got this job, this like catering and doing what I was doing, it's production catering. So I, I would things, have man. to get up. I mean, you know, as early as two or three in the morning. Wow. I mean, my staff still comes to work at two or three in the morning. Um, wow. And I was putting in these crazy long days, and back then, in the beginning, I didn't have a staff, so it was like a super long day. Then I'd have to come home and do dishes, and then I'd have to shop for the next day, and then I'd have to prep it all, and then it—it it was, you know, absolute insanity. And it—it's taken a long time to get where we are now. Um, Adding kids to the mix too. And so when I had kids, I was like, oh, getting up all night long and getting up like this is nothing. Like yeah. I'm <laughs> super used to this and. Um, so that was not a huge adjustment for me where it is. I feel like for most parents, like you probably
0: appreciate sleep way more now.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, I have like become an insomniac. I fall asleep mm. fine, but I can't stay asleep anymore. And it's really, cause pro- your mind's
0: probably racing. You have so many responsibilities.
1: Exactly. Um, exactly. So I'm working on that.
0: And so how do you, how do you find that balance with family and your, and, and your work? It's hard to do that.
1: Um, it really comes down to counting on other people and um, trusting them, and yeah. and getting the right amount of help. Yeah, I just cannot do it alone. And your hubby and Joe. Yes, Joe is a great. He's a great um, co-parent and partner. He's you know like I'm a slob, and he does definitely the majority of the cleaning. And <laughs> like you know, we are both very hands-on and and full-time parents in that way and yeah um, he yeah he's great
0: and we talked a little bit uh before the podcast started but just kind of letting go and and taking taking time for your health and your family and then giving people some of the reins to run the business i know that's really hard just like being in the band as well and like hiring a manager like what is that manager going to bring to the table that i'm not doing already because it's such your baby and your passion and giving up those like kind of responsibilities is hard for sure
1: it's really hard and also I think it's like it's important to know your your strengths and your weaknesses and like you know, you know Cody. Um yeah. I brought Cody on last year to help with operations. And Donut like, friend OG. It's been so lovely to have him He's because awesome. we're so different. And um I think he brings like an ease to to the staff and like a like a support and a comfort that like we didn't have before and you know I have some really really great chefs and and great front of house people like we have a really good team and and it it's not the kind of business that you can do without your people and like they they all they all matter so much
0: how many people you have working for you now
1: We're in the eighties. I don't know exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a lot. It's a lot of, um, it's a lot of people and a lot of responsibility, especially because, you know, California and COVID and everything, there's like a lot of requirements of, of being an employer and they don't, they don't make it easy. That's for sure. Um, but it's just part of, part of the job and the responsibility.
0: But now it's getting a little better. Everything's kind of back and open and a lot of the places that had outdoor seating, is that going to be taken away now? No, they probably like spread it out into the street.
1: Yes, of course. A lot of um, stuff's going away soon. So I heard we were guaranteed to have it through the end of the year. Okay. Um, which is now approaching, but that they were trying t- to make it indefinite and like yeah. trying, trying to keep it, which would be so incredible. It really added a lot to our, our seating, but it also just, a lot of people want to sit outside or have their do- yeah, dogs outside. or uh-huh. You know, to, I don't know. Some people still don't want to be inside, and, yeah. And it gives people a lot more options.
0: Yeah, and it gives you also more space and have more people if you need to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What about music? Do you still play music, or miss playing music, or want to play? That you know, a I think
1: I think the honest answer is like, I I don't. Like <laughs> I I was kind of blown away by how i was able to just like move on and didn't really miss it and yeah i think i was just so happy to be able to put my energy into something and have it you know be successful and like do something um like it it requires a lot and i think i had a lot to put into something that i didn't i didn't really have that opportunity with music and um you know, I have my moments where like, you know, I'll go see a band or something and I'm like, fuck, I miss that. You know, yeah. like that looks really fun or but um But it it is what it is. Sometimes I like have like a fleeting thought of like maybe I'll make a record again or maybe I'll do something and then I'm like, You're not gonna do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you still check out bands and like new new music and stuff? Like
1: Um, you know, a little bit. Like just you know, Joe's obviously like still making music yeah. and doing stuff and like Is um, he
0: jingles too and stuff, right? For people? No, he doesn't okay.
1: do that. He mostly makes his own music and he's scored some films and nice. Um he was producing for a while. He doesn't really do that as much anymore. Um, but you know, through through him and through like work and my employees and the music they play is really like my biggest access to like what's happening. Yeah. I kind of live under a rock a bit.
0: You got a lot of young kids working there, younger people? Yes. Okay.
1: And everyone's very... It's actually we're going through it right now cuz we just got our ASCAP and BMI like warning letters where they're like you have to report the music that you play and
0: I know mean, that was a thing for restaurants.
1: It's such a reflection of who you are like wanting to play your own music and yeah. your identity or whatever and now we're kind of like guys you can't play your music anymore. We have to like have more control over it and you know this and it it's a whole it's a whole thing.
0: That's great for bands. I didn't realize that was even an option like we could bands could get paid from having stuff played in, in restaurants. Uh yeah it's interesting mm-hmm. wow unless you're like in a punk band because you won't really get any money but other bands for sure yeah <laughs> when, when uh when f- minus broke up were you were you sad did you know what you wanted to do at that point were you like kind of just over it as well
1: i think we'd reached a point where that was like what had to happen at the time joe and i like started a a few other things. I actually think that's when he was doing Heavens with Heavens. Matt Skiba. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, we ha- we had started a new band. He was doing Heavens. Um. We were ready to do something different. Yeah. I-, I think we were like wanting um t- to do something different. Yeah. So yeah, we did that for a while. Um, and had a few different bands, and he did a bunch of projects and tried a bunch of different things, and it was yeah. That was our our 20s was a bunch of different bands and touring. So and in
0: between like that and then becoming, yeah, going to culinary school, you were just doing different bands and mm-hmm. we work in different spots too.
1: Um, back then, I don't know if you remember, but when I came out, Jen Johnson, the bass player of F-Minus, she EC had, Star. Yes. I went to work for EC That's Star. Right, Orange County. And so I ended up in the fashion industry and like design and I was doing graphic design for them and then i ended up going to work for rancid i don't know if you know that i do not remember that so i went to go work for machete machete
0: yeah merchandise
2: yeah
1: so i was doing graphic design for them but i actually got hired to run nihilism lars's clothing line wow um fuck i remember that too holy shit so i don't i don't think he really appreciated what i i did with it because like true to my nature like when i when i take on a project i'm like i'm gonna do this the way i would do this and i i I made the pants tighter than he would have wanted them Mm. and and uh and uh
0: that's before people rocking tight stuff again
1: (laughs) but it was fun it was uh
0: easy star was so sick too i mean that was such a cool brand i forgot jennifer had that that a good run too that was a long run she had with that
1: she yeah, and then Jen and I started a clothing company together with my sister Jen called Dainty June and we did That's right, Dainty June. And we did that for for a while and then I was ready to be done with with that, with manufacturing and and that industry.
0: Yeah. So um, the restaurant now there's two locations, correct? Mm-hmm. And there's one coming soon, right? Can you yeah, talk about so- that one or no?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have the cafe on Figueroa. And then behind the cafe, we have a bakery. And then down the street, about a mile, we're opening a walk up window in Mount Washington. And it's really cute. And it's next to um, a place called Taco Fiesta that has really good veggie burgers. And (laughs) um, it's in the in the parking lot of a grocery store. So there's it's the opposite of the cafe. There's tons and tons of parking, and it's all about quick service and just being able to pull in, go up to the window, um, get coffee, pastries, breakfast. We're going to do waffles. Nice. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. Highland
0: Park seems like it's crushing like, as like the vegan mecca of, of, of L.A. right now. It seems like there's so many spots over there.
1: it's It's a lot of stuff yeah it was growing 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 and then the pandemic happened and it wasn't like i wasn't sure what was going to happen because like a lot of the new places closed and new things opened and now it just it yeah it's it's going in a crazy direction there's there's a lot of new restaurants and new stores and um the real estate went crazy the houses got super expensive
0: i remember the food trucks was like a big thing out there too like the vegan food trucks you know, a while back I was oh on on that. York, yeah. yeah, yeah, by donut friend, yeah.
1: I forget about York sometimes. We live directly between York and Figueroa, but
0: York is like the, the the hot spot, right? That street, it's just
1: well, definitely for the food trucks and that vegan scene that was yeah happening. Does that still happen? The, I think the so, night. Yeah, I've been yeah. I mean, I'm never that. awake at that hour, so. Um, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> um, to, how about like being a mom with Joe? Coming from where you guys come from. Do you feel like some of the stuff you learned the ethics I guess of punk rock you and use that as being a parent? Stuff you learned or maybe from the world we come from?
1: Wow, that's a tricky question. Values I think or, oh, I think no. in the sense that both both of us just by nature like go against the grain and against yeah. against, against convention and like Yeah. um we follow our instincts as as opposed to you know, maybe doing what we were supposed to do or whatever. Same. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we're certainly not strict in any way whatsoever. It's just all love and cuddles and yeah, you know, giving in and giving <laughs> yeah. spoiling yeah. and you know. Same.
0: It's so crazy because yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess my mom would say I was a spoiled one because I'm the youngest. But she had three boys. She raised just like you are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like this, this that. I do feel like sometimes like I, I spoil my kid too much. That's just given love. I feel like obviously we got love as children, but like it was just the communication was way different than I feel like I have now with my son that my mom had with me. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think about that all the time. Um,
0: and the involvement.
1: I, yeah. I really love my relationship with my kids. Well, my eight year old is, is a better example because we communicate, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh you know everything's on the table we talk about a lot of things you know yeah um i mean we'll see we're on the verge right because he's eight so things are about to get no phone yet get real no no yeah. i mean we let him i let iPad. him go on my phone he has an ipad he, yeah he plays video games he goes on youtube we monitor it now we have to be in the room now because you know we were like wait what's happening youtube's wild yeah there's all yeah kinds of, yeah Um, you know, I know a lot of parents shelter their kids from screens, but we, we didn't do our best in that area. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, we try now. He's also, it's, he's also a really, really, really picky eater. So I don't get to have fun feeding him. Like he Mm, only eats the same, like, um, he's vegetarian and he well, but like with, with a quesadilla, he'll only eat a certain brand of tortilla and a certain brand of vegan cheese, and you can't substitute either of those things. <laughs> yeah. And like he only eats bread and veggie dogs, and it, it's it's a very small menu. Wow! But uh, I'm having more fun with the the new little boys. I'm I'm trying to uh, get them to eat. Yeah, a little bit more adventurous.
0: Is your uh is your dad still alive and around? Yes. He is. And where's he at, New York still?
1: No, he's in Virginia, actually. Um, But they come out um, for a few months a year to California because my um, stepmom has kids that are also in the L.A. area. Okay. So we're all here. So they come out and they spend um, a lot of time out here. That's nice.
0: And are you in there cooking too at all? No, that's...
1: I don't really cook anymore i think yeah if you asked anyone who worked there i don't i don't really cook anymore but i'm <laughs> i'm definitely um a part of recipe development and men- yeah. menu development and and research development you know all that are you always
0: in there checking in you there every day
1: yeah i'm i'm there typically five days a week and i i stop in on the weekend sometimes too whether it's to eat and i try to eat there and have like a customer experience Um, as often as I can and like eat different things off the menu and um, just like check in with all that stuff.
0: I'm gonna come out there this week. I'm gonna gonna make a point to come out with a couple of friends. Yeah, because Moon's been there all the time. I've been there a couple of times getting things to go, but not actually sitting down and, and, you know, be cool. I'm excited. I hear great things. Like I was saying before the pod, like Maggie talks about a lot. She loves it. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. Do you have all kinds of people come in there from all around LA?
1: Yes. I mean... So a lot of the same customers? A lot we have so many regulars. That's cool. I That's see so many people in there from all different times in my life too. Like people walk in and and um you know yeah, familiar faces and uh new says people a lot all the about, time.
0: It says a lot about your spot, you know what I mean? People coming back and loving it.
1: Um yeah, it means a lot.
0: Um this get real this get deep. Do you have any uh, regrets in your life? Major regrets?
1: there's no point no. i love that
0: a lot of people say that yeah there's no point of it
1: i mean it all brought me here and i'm happy with where i am today you know yeah wouldn't change that
0: what about any daily rituals besides going to your your spot
1: um i got really into pilates wow since same
0: with tim armstrong he goes like six days a week
1: it's amazing i i do you know what DR is di- like after I had the twins no, I down. had so after I had the twins you had a rough pregnancy I don't know if you want to talk it, you yeah had a hard pregnancy yeah um but I'm also a very petite person and you I got, are I got huge with the twins and your D- DR is when your abs split in half and wow. it, they create a separation and uh it's measured in how many fingers you can put between your abs what and it's very um that's crazy. Very, I asked my physical therapist, I was like, what's the biggest separation you've ever seen? And she said, a five finger separation. I had a three finger separation, which basically, so like what a lot of people think is like mummy tummy or like when you <laughs> get a belly after.
0: How much weight a did baby, you gain? Do you remember?
1: Like 40 or 60 pounds. Okay. Um, but a lot, but really what that is, is your abs split in half. And like the way it was explained to me is like you. Your insides are a bowling ball and you have this vest and a zipper and, and it's keeping it in. And when you have DR, it's like someone has undone the zipper and like the bowling ball is wow. trying to come out. It's gnarly. So I went to physical therapy and I did Pilates and I was able to fix it in like a matter of months. And then I just got so into it and I'm in the best shape and stronger than I've ever been. Awesome. Um, and I, I love it.
0: Yeah, a lot of people love, like I said, Tim goes, he loves it, man. I I saw him today. He's, like, totally, like, looks amazing. My wife used to do it, too.
1: Joe's going with me. Joe does it. He he looks great.
0: Wow. Is it mostly, like, because Pilates, I think, there's different kinds. There's, like, kinds that, like, just stretch out your body, and it's not really a lot of, like, pushing and pulling or no is it it's very
1: gentle yeah and it involves a lot of stretching and there's like for me I just absolutely hate cardio like if someone <laughs> like asked me to run or ride a bike like I, I hate anything like that and it's like very um gentle but very like strength training and um using a lot of I we use a reformer so we're on that like machine okay um but It really like has a huge impact, but it doesn't feel like it when you're doing it. I mean, it can be really hard.
0: You can see feel results pretty quickly.
1: Yes. And it just, I, like after I had the twins, I was like, I felt like my body was just like hurt and like, I couldn't do things and I couldn't, you know, like my son would want me to jump on the trampoline or do these things. And I just like. I was like, I don't feel good, and I feel broken, and then wow. now I just feel super strong, and I'm really grateful that I did that.
0: Yeah, I mean, breaking your abs in half sounds crazy to me. I never it's heard that. It's so
1: common, and it's so not Is it talked are about you, as you, much as it should be. Are you in pain? It's uncomfortable. Uh huh. It's like uncomfortable and icky feeling more than more than anything else. But uh, it happens wow. a lot with pregnancy, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that they have it. Just even
0: having not just twins, but just pregnancies in general, correct, mm-hmm, wow, yeah, having twins, but I can't even imagine that's insane
1: it wow, yeah, having twins is no joke. I can't imagine <laughs> people who carry more like it's it really is like twice as hard, like I got way more sick, way more uncomfortable, um
0: how long are you labor for
1: i I had a natural birth with Rowan, but I had to have a c section. With the twins, because I got something called cholestasis of the liver, okay, um, which happens with twin pregnancies, where basically your liver is not doing its job, and it can poison the babies and be wow. fatal. That's so young. they have to get them out really quickly. Wow, that's gnarly. Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> no was, birth, it was it no was full job. on. It was full on um, the whole experience from beginning to end, and the recovery.
0: Do you want to have more kids? no yeah three's good (laughs) three's three's
1: three's perfect and
0: boys have so much i mean i never had a daughter so i'm like i can't really say but boys have so much energy and it's just
1: i love little boys they're so they're so much fun and you know we were super happy with one we we didn't necessarily um we weren't planning on having more until we decided to try and then we ended up with two more um and it's it's such a cool experience to have twins. It's so different and it's really, it's really fun and really, really hard and really requires a lot of partnership. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. It's going to be interesting to see them grow up and how they grew up together. And I just had uh Tegan um, from Tegan and Sarah, I had Tegan on here just talking about, I mean, they've been together forever, they're tw- but they're identical twins. It's like that, that bond forever bond, you mm-hmm. know,
1: my, our twins are not identical. They actually, okay. they're not, Alike personality-wise, they don't look alike. Lou has blue eyes. Sasha has green eyes. Oh, wow. They have brown hair and blonde hair. And Sasha's crazy too. Sasha's to chubby and Lou's so skinny. Wow,
0: that's even like I don't even know how that even happens. Like why they're not always identical. You know what I mean? If they're twins, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's interesting how that happens though. Yeah, but they're still gonna have a bond because they're you know family. Mm-hmm. But yes, of it's course. It's just interesting to see. Yeah, I got friends like that too. That have twins and do look at each other at all. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, you were saying earlier about um, who was who was dating. Oh, your sister was dating somebody in the Casualties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy because Chef Tara from Pure Vita mm-hmm. was dating somebody in the Casualties too, as well. And then she ends up moving out here and opening up Pure. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I, back wondered, in the, yeah. I wonder who. Uh what's his name? I don't know the names of the guys in the band. I forgot the names. Jake. No. He's actually, still th- I actually don't know who's Yeah, he's still in now. the band too. I forgot. He lives out here too. Oh. But it's such a small world. Rick? Y- yes. Rick. Yeah. So do you check out other restaurants or are you too busy to do that?
1: I actually, I listened to Tara's episode with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's you. awesome. Um, And I, I love her restaurant. I've been yeah. twice. Um, I don't make it over here very often. I know.
0: I feel like it's super important for vegan restaurants and vegetarian restaurants to support each other as much as we can. You know what I mean? it's really important yeah
1: absolutely and i yeah i did not know she was from new york and um a fellow italian
0: yeah she's awesome man she's killing it too she has the two restaurants and the pizzeria and the
1: where's the second
2: restaurant
0: redondo beach
2: oh, okay great it's
0: nice but do you feel love from the big, the other restaurants come check you out you feel like this do you feel like there's like a community with vegan and vegetarian restaurants or you think it's people kind of out for themselves in a way like just going kind to of focus on their business and
2: not definitely check ones. I,
1: you know i'm not super aware of it i see it more behind the scenes in the sense that we all share similar staff like i have yeah. people who've worked for this person and that person and like yeah. through them i meet other chefs and you know i um i love to try restaurants and especially uh vegan and vegetarian restaurants and i've i'm really behind right now I need, <laughs> There there's so many that i need to go try yeah cody goes all the time and he tells me about them and yeah, he's reports in the mix back. For sure. yeah
0: yeah little pines out that way too mm-hmm. by you, yeah um i'm trying to think what the spots are really out there i feel like it's just
1: i haven't been there since they guys, changed ownership
0: i know i've been there a couple it's changed a different chef too, a couple times too so i've been in a minute but um yeah it's cool to hear it like there's stuff going on on that side of town because everything's usually in hollywood and over here you know all the mm-hmm. vegan spots um this new Crossroads in uh, Calabasas I went to just opened.
1: I like Crossroads a oh, lot. I love
0: it too, man. Oh. And one in Vegas too now.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah, I didn't three.
0: know. I'm hoping there's going to be a kitchen house on the side of town though. It'll be so awesome. Because I was seeing it before. There's really nothing like that to have like really good um, desserts. How do you, know, you,
1: how do you eat these days? Moon was saying you don't do wheat.
0: Yeah, I quit I quit like gluten like five months ago. And it, for me personally, I'm not speaking to everybody listening that you should do this, but I've always been had stomach issues. I've always had, been gassy from vegan mm-hmm. food. I've always been bloated. It's all gone. I wow. did a 17-day juice cleanse, and then I started slowly reintroducing foods to my body. And the gluten was the one that kept giving me the same bad results. Wow. So I just figured out myself not going to a doctor. And now everything's changed for me as far as like, just going out during the day and do my shit and have to worry about getting a stomach ache from something. Now I know exactly what it is. It's so crazy. It's amazing.
1: I love bread and I love it all, but if I eat it during the day, I my day's over. I just want to go to I want to go to sleep. Wow. and see? take a nap and I'm like get super unmotivated. Wow. So I've I've started a new rule with myself where I'm not allowed to eat bread when I have work to do cuz so I there just there you go. That's crazy. Yeah, I at the end of the day, it's a different story, but...
0: It just knocks you out.
1: It just totally knocks me out.
0: And gluten-free bread is really hard to find. Like a good gluten-free bread. It's I should, really hard. I should have brought you some. We made oh, some. have good ones?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's hard to find. Like, just like one that's like, it's good in the toaster. It's just good when you eat. It doesn't fall apart. It's not mm-hmm. like dry or like hard, you know?
1: Yeah, you should definitely come visit us. All
0: right, I'm, I'm going to come by this week for sure. Um, are you an optimist or pessimist?
1: optimist yeah
0: your whole life been like that
1: yes and i always say like with me everyone's sort of innocent till proven guilty as well sometimes sometimes to my you know detriment but
0: yeah even being in the bank f mm -hmm. (laughs) minus
1: i always just you know anxiety aside because i have plenty of anxiety like i always just think things will work out i i Definitely as I get older and I have more to lose and more responsibility, like I've definitely gotten a little bit more cautious. Yeah. But, um, I definitely have benefited from being sort of optimistic.
0: Yeah. Do you get, do you get stressed out a lot? A lot of anxiety?
1: I do. I do.
0: And how do you, how do you get, how do you help that? Um. Pilates?
1: Uh, I mean.
0: Pilates gotta help.
1: It does. And going for getting outside, like going for a walk, like it's like you could be having a shitty day and the second you start going for a walk or just get outside, it can help so much. Um,
0: That's so true. Yeah. What about coffee?
1: I drink coffee and, you know, I've gone to like doctors in the past and been like, I have anxiety. Like, what should I do? Should I take something? And they're like, quit coffee. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. Like, you know, so I do like now I'll drink one or one or two cups in the beginning of the day. And I don't allow myself if I get to work and I really want one, I'll have one, but I don't allow myself any caffeine afternoon. Smart. I don't do any afternoon. I'll switch to like chamomile or something, especially in the winter. I just want to take baths and drink hot beverages all day. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I quit coffee four months ago with the same thing. And and that was for me personally, just made me like jittery
1: wait you quit coffee yeah do you feel better yes everyone says they feel better when they i'm not jittery
0: i'm not it gave me like fuck my stomach up dehydration i crashed pretty hard on it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean i should probably try it i accidentally went to work recently and forgot to drink coffee because i i don't even know how that happened um but i felt so insane i had a horrible headache i Felt like I never really woke up, and wow. I was like, "Oh, this is what would happen if I didn't drink. It would probably be a rough week."
0: That's what. Supposedly, that happens the first couple of days, and you get through it, like with the headaches and mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like, think about that. Like your body's just react, reacting to mm-hmm. not having that. You know.
1: I really enjoy the ritual of it, and if I it know. is just the ritual, I suppose I could drink something else. I just, I really like coffee. It is a
0: ritual, and the smell and everything. Uh-huh. It's like I wanted to have it because I felt like it's a grown up thing to do, and I just started. A couple years ago, experimenting with coffee because it's like the most crazy thing I ever put in my body is coffee, and um, I loved it for a while. Like on tour with Rusty, like going to every coffee shop in every freaking country. Like it's a thing. Like it's a culture. It's like a thing. Like you map out the best coffee places. Mm-hmm. You walk for like fucking five miles in the winter to get like your yeah you know. And that's what Rusty's about. That life, and I respect it. And I was trying mm-hmm. to be down with my band and hang out with them, and it just. I'm already hyper as it is and high on life as it is. I really don't need nothing like that. Yeah. So, and I did like the taste. I like the whole vibe, like the mm-hmm. drink of the coffee. And But Moon's never had coffee. She never tried it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My son's all about it. We had a coffee machine mm-hmm. here for a while. And like, just the smell. His grandma used to give him sips. Moon's mom used to give Max Sips when he was younger. And he just got a taste for it, you know? Because when I was a kid, I wasn't drinking coffee. And when I heard like Descendants talking about coffee, I was like, that's some like old people shit. Like my mom drinks Sanka, my mom drinks coffee. <laughs> and when that band started singing about that, I was like, "These these punk rockers are drinking coffee. Like that's like such an adult thing." We drink your coffee as a young kid too.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my parents would make like cappuccinos at home or whatever, and I was mm. I, I was always into it. And then you know, growing up in New York, it's like you would I'd go to the bodega and get one light and sweet, and you yeah. know, you have the um,
0: bodega coffee. Wow.
1: Yeah, and then there's Dunkin' Donuts when I moved to Boston. And oh, that's right. Did coffee. you like Boston? Loved it. I haven't been back in a really long time. I I loved living there. It's so beautiful as well. Yeah, um,
0: it's, a, it's a nice city.
1: I had a lot of fun living there.
0: But being a New Yorker in Boston, just a rivalry, you know?
1: <laughs> I never felt that. But, you know, and it's also like such a quick drive and like... Yeah, it is. I, you know, I would drive, do that drive all the time. Yeah. For and you met
0: Joe there and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. How long guys have you guys been together for now?
1: Uh, 22 years. Wow, man.
0: That's pretty amazing to meet in that world and then being in a band together and then start a family together. hmm I guess the same for me, Moon. Yeah, I met, met in a uh, punk scene. Yeah. It's awesome though.
1: How, how long have you guys been together for? Um,
0: <laughs> married since 96, but we met in 93. Pretty wow. crazy, yeah. It's a long time, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool to like think we made a kid together and like it's just pretty surreal sometimes thinking that we're like we're parents, you know? hmm Isn't it? It's like we're grown ups.
1: You're parents to an adult.
0: I know. It's so crazy. hmm Do you feel like having kids? Life feels like it's shorter. Not shorter, but it's like it's crazy when you have children, maybe because I'm just way older than you. But you see like, you're like, I'm not going to be here forever. Now I have this kid. I want to be here forever. It's just this.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. I also feel like I keep doing. I know I'm sure it's natural at this age, but it's just like, you know, 20 years ago, I was, you know, 21 and it doesn't feel that long ago. And in 20 years, I'm going to be 60. Yeah. You know what I just like doing that math and just being like, in 30 years, I'm going to be 70 something. Um and just you know the true definition of middle age just like you're on the
0: <laughs> but forty young I mean you start especially you started so early going to shows it makes sense but like forty one's still pretty young you know
1: yeah no I mean I feel like these days seventy is young sixty yeah. is young you I'm fifty two like, and I
0: feel fucking awesome you know yeah. what I mean I feel super young and- yeah
1: it's definitely I mean maybe it's because we're older but my perception of age has definitely changed and I feel like it's not what it was back then like yeah. everyone's doing things later everyone's you know healthier I don't know maybe not everyone
0: no but I've been thinking of our parents when they were in their 40s like oh my god this like seems so old
1: it seemed so old and so now it's old. just
0: I think our generations we're in different generations but yeah the, the different lifestyles for sure mm-hmm. people more conscious of what they're putting in their bodies and how they're living their lives and right
1: yeah and um I don't know I don't know what I was gonna say
0: you do stuff with support and feed too right
1: I do um, we they're a pleasure to work with I love being a part of their cause and they um, you know work with different restaurants and yeah they'll you know just call us and say we need this many meals for blah 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 and we have this um,
0: and they started that during the pandemic too, supporting a bunch of the restaurants correct Yes. Yeah, that was really cool.
1: Yes, it's really cool how that whole thing happened. We were cooking for hospitals as well and wow. and um just it was cool how everyone sort of came together and like everyone just did what they needed to do to get through and to help people and help each other and um you know, maybe in a couple years, I can have a different perspective and look back on it differently when I'm not so close to it, because it yeah. was a truly traumatizing experience as a restaurant o- owner. And yeah. a, a, all of us As I mean, it was a lot for everyone. But um, but yeah, I think when we're a little further away from it, we'll be able to look at at, yeah. at the cool things that happened and differently.
0: Yeah, she was helping promote all the restaurants and giving food out to different communities and just really supporting man Jeanette and Maggie and their foundation and I work with them with Liquid Death and just yeah, they do so much positive things and it's such an incredible family. That family's just the whole family's just so insane. Like everything they do for the world and um the carbon footprint stuff they're doing on the tours and the recycling stuff and everything, man. It's yeah, just,
1: it's it's really remarkable and, and uh
0: They really live it. Yeah. And I love that they stay in that neighborhood still. I went over there once. It's just the same house, same area. It's mm-hmm. it's fucking incredible, man. It's just. Yeah. They really got that Highland Park love. And they she was, I don't know, it's just amazing. Yeah, that Mag- that Maggie's
1: there. like a fixture of the neighborhood. Yeah.
0: Just walking around. There's something else over there, too, that my wife went to. There's a butcher shop, too.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to go yet. I've been dying oh, to go. Ma- Maciel's. It's a vegan butcher shop. Yeah that opened um i've heard really good things yeah
0: my wife went there too and checked it out yeah i was like a, yeah i need to go over that way man i'm definitely gonna go over that way soon um do you have any major inspirations in your life
1: oh toby with the tough questions i mean so
0: like bands or anything or i don't know a chef
1: um so many martha stewart <laughs> <laughs> um you know um
0: any particular band inspired you to play guitar
1: I mean, I think because of the era I grew up in, you know, it was it's the obvious answers, you know, the the Courtney Love, the Kurt Cobain, the you know, um I was super into, you know, the Luna Chicks and Babes in Toyland nice. and Nice. L7? Uh L7 um that I mean Bikini Kill. You did
0: the Riot girl stuff.
1: I was really into that when, especially when I first got into playing guitar. And, and like I said, I was a huge Juliana Hatfield fan. Um, Lemonheads. Lemonheads.
0: Wow. Nobody even mentions Lemonheads. They were great. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I was a Hate huge,
1: huge fan. Um,
0: so all those inspirations.
1: Yeah. I mean, I started playing guitar in probably. I don't know, ninety four or ninety three and like that was just like, you know, Green Day. That's right. You know The Year Punk broke. All all that all that stuff. Um I was yeah, in the nineties like I was just a music super fan and like lived for lived for that did you like playing. the new
0: york hardcore bands too like you go going like show scene, stuff like that or was that i you know too insane
1: the punk scene is so hardcore adjacent and like i you know i wasn't really part of the hardcore scene until i played in a hardcore band and yeah. like sort of um died right into it yeah and again it's like f minus sort of lived in between the punk and the hardcore world a little bit so we we toured with both kinds of bands. Yeah. And and then also just like being on the label we were on and stuff, you know, Hellcat Hellcat. and Epitaph, like we toured with a lot of, you know, like the pairings of bands that we would tour with didn't always make the most sense. Like F minus on tour with Dropkick Murphys or, you know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, but there was something to enjoy about that. I, I enjoyed, you know, opening up for bands where you'd go out on stage and people would be like, what, what's happening right now? You know, there's,
0: yeah, you had a cool style on stage too. Thank you. Yeah. What well, did somebody do? you have any favorite tours back then, like stand out besides H2O?
1: Well, <laughs> go, goes without saying. Um, I mean, that one was really, really important and vital because it was like my first year, European tour. And, yeah, that's um, a good one. It
0: was a long time too. It was at least four weeks or more, mean, I
2: think then, it was a six week tour. Jesus. It was, was a the si- thing back then. Yeah. I can't
1: imagine it was. That. It was always six weeks. Yeah. Um, I can never
0: do that right now, man.
1: Um, but I remember I was so scared of moon. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. She's she a, she a cute
0: girl on the seven inch. Yeah. What was like a big tour? It was the biggest tour you guys. It was like drop kicks probably.
1: Um, yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, like you're, that, that would have, you were sleeping. That would have been a big one or like, you know, we toured, did. We tour with rancid. We definitely played, you definitely, we, definitely played with them a lot. Um,
0: probably dropkick or rancid yeah 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 because you guys you guys stayed pretty busy though
1: we yeah for for five years it was full-on and we we kept really busy and were you
0: working in between tours
1: working jobs yeah oh yeah
0: like what kind of jobs just random
1: ec star mostly that's right, and between, just yeah um yeah i think the whole time actually i was there for five years and that's about how long i was in the band you've
0: been working your whole life though
1: yeah, I mean, yes.
0: You have good work ethic.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was in Boston and I, you know, dropped out of college to go on that tour, I delivered burritos, and that's actually how Joe and I got to know each other really well. is he'd jump in the car with me and go on my deliveries with me. Wow. There was this place called the Big Burrito in Boston. I assume it's still there. I don't know. And they—that's cool. The food was really good, and they had this delicious vegan um, barbecue tofu burrito. Wow um but yeah i delivered burritos and till i moved to, out to california
0: was joe in a band too back then
1: he was an abandoned boston called the statistics okay and then he moved out to california to be with me and i was like leaving all the time to go on tour and you know eventually it was like hey you keep going to like europe and all this stuff and leaving me in orange county so then he course, started right. you know yeah in the beginning we were in orange county and so like he started coming on tour with us and selling merch or whatever and then he joined the band towards the end when jen left so that was fun and then we made one final record with him the one we did with steve albini yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that's
0: what happened moon i went on a tour like one time for like six weeks or something that I, I told my band i was like i can't be away from my my, my lady she's gonna come on tour or else i can't do this and that's when Moon started selling merch, and it lasted like ten years. Mm-hmm. But it was so nice to have her there. Like just, I don't know. It's just good to have your your partner, or whatever your you know girlfriend or boyfriend with you. You know, it was nice. Yeah, very lucky to travel with her like that before th- we had Max. You know,
1: no, totally. And well, and she was also um, no Joe because she, <laughs> yeah, she was. She's she's so great. But I'll, yeah, I think Joe and I have talked about that recently. I think it was hard for him when I left music more than either of us realized, Mm. you know, and to not have that sort of camaraderie in a relationship of like playing music together or having that sort of partnership. And I, we had that our whole relationship and then I, I moved on and started doing something totally different and that had an effect for sure. Does
0: he help out with the restaurant too?
1: Yeah. In the way that any partner does, but he's not involved or, um, he doesn't work there.
0: Yeah. So now you got to start raising kids together. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So they're making music. You're making children's lives. It's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. They're so cute.
0: It's really cool. I want, to say, I want to meet your kids. I want to come to the restaurant. Um, people can find Kitchen Mouse online, right? Are you on social media that much or not?
1: Yeah. That, um, at Kitchen Mouse LA. Um, that's only when you're on? That's Instagram. And then we just KitchenMouseLA.com.
0: And how much are you on that social media? Is it just promoting your business?
1: You know, honestly, during the pandemic, I had someone else take over our Instagram account. Smart, um, because I find social media like it doesn't come naturally to me. I think it does come naturally to a lot of people, yeah. and um, it makes yeah. So I I don't have the the best relationship with running an account and um a business. Yeah, so I I our Instagram is. Um, not as personal anymore as it used to be, but I'm taking it over again soon. And I'm just okay with um, not having the social media presence that maybe everyone else does.
0: Yeah, so you're not on Instagram personally?
1: I am on Instagram, uh, but I, I I don't think I participate in it as much as a lot of other people.
0: Well, you're super busy, three kids and businesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it, people spend, it's a lot of time on there and it's not a wasted time so yeah that's cool i I do try
1: to be cautious of you know mindless scrolling or um wasting time like that in general especially these days i know i try to be better about it
0: it's an interesting world online and it's so important to promote things you know that's why we it's a great tool for that you know
1: no absolutely i mean i think we've all Made so many connections and learned about so many things through social media. And I, I, you know, the thing I used it, I use it most for is like, like design or finding other accounts. Like that's one of my favorite things about having restaurants is the design part. Is like designing the restaurants and yeah, and um, I do all that myself, so that's really fun.
0: And You were saying the new one's gonna have like a. You want it to be like what Kitchen Mouse be if it was here, like in the fifties or sixties?
1: In the sixties, because the building is like. Very sixties and like still has some of the sixties tile and like cool. the architecture of it. So I'm trying to lean into that a little bit.
0: Yeah, you designed you designed the the other ones, correct? hmm Yeah, it's super cute. Thanks. And then, what's the name come from? Just having a mouse in your kitchen. Like.
1: I was just always really into mice as a kid. Like, okay. I'd always get toy mice, and I had dresses with mice on them. And um, that's cool. And you know, then when I was trying to come up with a name. I like hurt. I came across Kitchen Mouse and I was like, oh, that would be really cute. And I just it didn't, is. didn't think about it again. And yeah. And it just always fit. And people, you know, have mentioned that, you know, having a rodent in your name is not the best idea, but, mm. I, but I love it. And is it
0: Ratatouille? Ragu- ragu- what's the movie about the chef? And then ratatouille. Mar- That's
1: right. Mm.
0: So people have said like, should never wrote it in your name or they had weird about that.
2: Mm hmm.
1: And also, it's very, it's one of those names that's very hard to understand over the phone. We get a lot kitchen of mouse. chicken mouth.
0: Chicken mouth. Wow, mm-hmm. kitchen mouse. Mm-hmm. I remember Crossroads opening, people kind of tripping on tall because he had steak knives in his logo. He's like, it's just part of the logo. Like, don't trip. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the vegan police and, and people, the vegans could be like their worst own enemies in the sense, but everybody's just so quick to like have an opinion on who's the most vegan and what's vegan or what, uh, like what it represents but everybody has their own you know way that they try to do their best for the animals you know what I mean nobody's perfect we're not perfect humans so it's impossible to be a perfect vegan but there's a lot of judgment I think a lot of people criticize other people for not being you know not vegan enough or vegetarian enough. you know what I mean
1: absolutely
0: it's annoying as fuck actually it's actually turn off so that's why I try to try to be the best and just lead by example I never preach shit or try to make people or tell people you should do this or do that and not eat this um, cause a lot of my friends aren't even vegan, you know? I think it's just, um, tall has a saying that like, world peace starts in the kitchen. I believe that like good food, good conversations bring people together. I think it's about the food.
1: Yeah. And you know, change happens slowly sometimes. And I think we've all seen what's happened in the vegan community in the past 10, I don't know, even since I've been doing it. It's yeah. like, like it's, things are moving in that direction. The nat- world is naturally the world is. And I, and I, I think that's really cool and you know I I always really admired like the McCartney family's sort of meatless Monday philosophy of like just trying to make an impact in a broader way love that you know um it all helps yeah it all it all helps and and you know that's sort of you know my why of like with Kitchen Mouse and and starting vegetarian or whatever is like besides the fact that you know like understanding being a vegetarian or being a vegan and spending so much time around vegan people or whatever and I didn't drink for 10 years and like you know my husband is sober as well it's like I understand how alienating it can be to be a part of a world where like it's everywhere you know and yeah so you always kind of feel like an an outsider it's like i remember when i when when joe and i stopped drinking and 10 years now well i i started again but um joe's still (laughs) so congrats
0: on the 10 years though
1: yeah thanks were you drinking
0: wine or something
1: no i mean i'm not really drinking again but like (laughs) i i'm i'm not an alcoholic i just took a 10-year break and i thought it was wonderful and i i feel like i owe a lot of my success to that and i just you -hmm. know i i i used um drinking as a coping mechanism after my mom died a lot and I was just ready to take a break. And when Joe got sober, which was much needed at the time, I was just like, I'll just quit drinking too. And, and, um, but it was, you know, I think anyone who's been through it understands that it's like, wait, the phone stops ringing. And we used to spend so much time at the bar now we don't go to the bar. And it's like, Mm. all of a sudden you just start feeling like, an outsider and then alcohol is everywhere just like meat is everywhere when you're a vegetarian or whatever and it's like when I was getting into the food industry or whatever and I was seeing like when you're cooking in volume like how much meat and how many eggs and how much this and how much whatever I was like you know what when I open the restaurant like I don't want to have that kind of impact on on you know like myself on the meat industry or this or that or whatever and I'd really like to create a menu where people who are vegan can come in and know everything on this menu is vegan unless I add an egg or yeah. unless I, you know, like, or, and everything is gluten-free or whatever. Like in the beginning, the whole entire menu was vegan. And my rule was that every dish had to be fully complete and satisfying and interesting and being vegan. Yeah. And then if someone wanted to add an egg or whatever, it was unnecessary, but it was an option. Got You You know? Yeah so that was the original the original menu and uh it was much smaller back then and you know we were one room or whatever and i you know ever since then you know the bakery the 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 donut shop we call it a donut shop because it was a donut shop but the new <laughs> location um we're just moving towards vegan more and more all the time so and, yeah, and uh so the bakery is vegan and um the new place will be as well
0: do you think a lot of your clients that come that i mean customers are vegan or probably not
1: um no they're not and a lot of I them a lot of them go out of their way to say like
0: they're not they they're
1: not it. and and they love it and and you know we get a lot of people being like i love that i can come here and i'm vegan and i can eat vegan but i can bring my mom or dad or whatever and they or you know it's it's um i love that you know i know there's a lot of it completely understandable extreme thinking about uh, veganism and vegetarianism and everything or whatever and and i think that it is um needs to be handled with urgency and it's a very serious subject but um um yeah it's it's opened a lot of of it it allows us to be a bit more inclusive by having by having the eggs and the um, milk at the espresso machine, you know, uh-huh. and we're just trying to move more and more towards towards vegan.
0: Yeah. Think if, if you think if you lose the eggs and the milk, people are going to miss it and not come there? You think they're going to notice with just egg and like almond milk or fucking oat milk or whatever?
1: I don't know the answer to that question. Like, yeah. I think there's...
0: I think the word vegan also scares some people, to be honest. It's like pretty. We weird. don't,
1: we don't use it. Like we, yeah. in our menu and our windows, like nothing says vegan or vegetarian. Yep. Um. We.
0: Same with Crossroads.
1: I just try to, you know, um, I've always just wanted to make really good food that was vegan. That yeah. was sort of spoke to a lot of people. Is
0: there the word plant-based comes in? You think people use that because it's more like softer and sounds nicer maybe? I don't know where that, where that came from. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe. Yeah, like plant based sounds like it's nice. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a mm-hmm. salad or something. But vegan could be could be like extreme to people. That word is just like because some people in the, that world go a little tense. Some people who aren't. You know what I mean? So it gives it's like one kind of one bad egg, one bad vegan egg that makes the whole bunch kind of like you know what I mean? Like the approaches are different by it from everybody. Food is just good food. It doesn't matter what it is, right? It's it good food is good food.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it goes back to that, like, going against the grain and wanting to do something different. And it's like, you know, when I opened a restaurant, it's like, I, I like, I just liked the idea of like creating, you know, a place for like a more underserved community of like, you know, vegans and vegetarians and, and just, um, like I said, it really came down to like not, not wanting to make a further impact
0: yeah a negative impact on the planet yeah i love that i can't wait to go and eat it because i've only had stuff to go i'm definitely gonna go this week so proud of you and your journey too and just it's crazy man
1: thanks toby you too
0: last time just seeing you just hanging out you falling asleep and seeing you rock and you become <laughs> a mom with <laughs> three boys and still with joe it's just awesome man it's awesome likewise right. so this, this is just your is your first podcast or no second
1: um uh we could call it my first podcast yes, yes.
0: Yeah, you're not really like you're not really like interview kind of person or like do stuff like this, really, right?
1: Um, I pretty low key. I yeah, I get nervous to do stuff like this. Cause it was fun, it
0: was talking, it's I, easy. It
1: was really fun.
0: But like I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. We're friends. We're just gonna talk in my kitchen. And <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for the new the new one opening up in Mount Washington. Hopefully, it's gonna be one over here on the west, on the west side. We could really use it over here. There's nothing like that over here. You know, there's more high end things over here than you know. Yours has like a like a home vibe home cook vibe right it's like more of like that's um, what i think
1: i like to hear that it comes across that way yeah
0: you know what i mean because it's plus i know i know it's coming from your heart and that's how you grew up cooking in your family now here knowing your whole story which i knew some about but not all about that's why i love doing this i think i know somebody and then they come on and i do a deep dive and i'm like holy shit just like your dad toured the who or engineered with cindy lopper and just all that stuff and you even being born in New York, I never even thought about that because I'm like, California, California. It's cool. Yeah. And you started going to shows so early. It's pretty amazing. I did. Like, what if your kids wanted to go to a show like We 14? brought Rowan to, okay. well,
1: besides going to see his dad play, we brought Rowan to his first show. We went to go see The weekend. Okay, perfect. A few weeks ago. Do you did, like The weekend? I do, actually. I do, too. Super talented. Um,
0: so that was a parent's choice or the kid's choice? Um, you all like The weekend.
1: We all like the weekend. My, my little so cool. year and a half old twin um, Lou loves S- "Save Your Tears," and I think I listened to it already ten times today. Wow, um, so cool! But we went to that that weekend show that got shut down. Did you hear about this?
0: I know. Did know. What happened?
1: He came out on stage. You know, after we paid eighty dollars for parking and after sitting through two opening acts, like it was supposed to be Doja Cat and she canceled, and like so, and you know we. With, how long ago with the kid this was weeks ago like maybe six or eight weeks ago 12 weeks got ago canceled too? wow um so anyway you know it's like hard to sit through opening acts with a kid when they just want to see you know the weekend and he came he came out and he played like he came out really late played like three songs and then was like my my voice went out i i can't give the performance i want to give and he left and we had to walk out and it was like took, the
0: crowd going crazy Booing or No, whatever.
1: everyone just kind of accepted it, but it was hard to get out of the building and hard to get out of the parking lot. And like it was like a whole thing. And then we got refunded for our tickets. You had the choice to go to the makeup show or get refunded. And we and Rowan was like, I'm good. You know. Wow. So we I never didn't, heard of
0: artists doing that before. At least sent me that big, just walking off like sorry, I think it's not gonna happen tonight.
1: It was it yeah, it was a bold move. Bold move. Wow. Um yeah, we weren't upset or anything. It was, was that the like, forum? Um, SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. It was huge and it was packed and it was a lot of people. Um,
0: wow. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And that was his first concert. Experience. That was his first concert. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Being the sleepy person I was, there was part of me that was like, yes, I get to go home and go to
0: bed. Yeah. Now. It's not even nine yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool to go see the weekend. That's great. I never thought you were a weekend fan. That's cool. Um, so, what happens when we get older? We listen to other things, more open minded and check out things. And I don't mm-hmm. know. You've probably always been like that. But. I love pop music, I always love that stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: When when it's good, it's good, you know.
0: Is there stuff you get into this pop only because you're a kids you never thought you listened to besides the weekend?
1: I mean, get into or, or listen Coldplay. to Coldplay. That's that is huge in our house, and I, I yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I I enjoy it. So Joe, Joe's losing his mind. He's like, as a creative person who makes music, like I cannot listen to Coldplay all day long. But every he day. toured with them, which is fucking crazy yes. too. A couple times he went to Australia with with them. He went to he did a U.S. tour with them. Um, that's
0: unreal. I have like three Coldplay tattoos. I met really? Chris once. I, I love. Him. I I,
1: forgo- I feel like I've heard this about you.
0: I love him so much. I forgot. Um, he's just so nice. Know, he's just so sweet.
1: I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I've heard nothing but good things. But like literally every time the babies are crying or they're inconsolable, I'm like, Joe, they just want Chris Martin. And we put Is on... particular song? Um, they really like Paradise. <laughs> Ma- Banger. Magic. Magic's a really good Magic's one. Magic's great too. Um,
0: wow. I love your kids.
1: <laughs> they're just like super fans. I don't know how it happened either cuz it's yeah, not I'd like really something we would have I think it was like we put on a song on YouTube and the algorithm just took over and they really connected with Now with that's Coldplay. a great concert.
0: That's the next concert it should be when they could are coming through next year. Okay, we it's,
1: will we will definitely I'll fucking, take that. I'll go
0: with you. I would love Okay. I, it's an amazing experience. It's like
1: I got to see them once when when Joe toured with them and they had that whole like wristband thing. Yeah, so I went to that I went the, to that one too. The one at the it was like Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, or, and they all
0: did up I was there and they all did yeah. up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So posy, so emo, So yeah. everything about them is just I don't know, man. Something about them I love that I had a connection with his voice.
1: Yeah. I yeah, they I I've learned so much about them. Like I didn't know that there was like the fifth member who's the manager. Mm-hmm. Um you know the
0: song Charlie Brown? No. it's so me my so me and my son bonded on Coldplay at a very young age for him he hates them because they make me emo and make him think about me when he's away. He'll send me like a text. I just play a Coldplay song, I'm thinking about you. So that's forever going to be our <laughs> band. Yeah. He's like, I don't like it because it makes me emotional. But there's something about it that even makes my son emotional. And we saw him like three times together. And it's just like, it's crazy. And I just talked about with Freddie last week. Freddie Madball turned me on to Coldplay on the Hazen Street Tour in 2004. Oh, really? And he played me Parachutes. Yeah. And he, he loved them. People probably freak out that he's not allowed to listen to that kind of music, but he turned me on to Coldplay. Yeah, it's fucking nuts.
1: Oh, and the Beyonce song. I can't tell Which, you. Oh, with the one you. with Chris. Yeah, oh, I can't yeah, tell yeah,
0: you how yeah. many times I've
2: heard that one. The, yeah. that one. the, the one Beyonce yeah.
0: one with Chris Martin. Um, it's one called him, him, "Him for the Weekend." Yes, "Him for the Weekend." Yes, yeah, it's a good one. So, and there's a great remix of "Um Lost" with Jay Z. She checked it out too. Okay, it was yeah. two are like boys. One time I went to this is the last thing I'm gonna say. One time I went to Crossroads, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was packed and at one booth was jay-z with chris martin eaton they're like, wow, that's they're, like amazing. they're like best friends supposedly I now i don't I want to always ask uh Talit, who paid the bill who paid it first <laughs> or who tipped you know um that's a cool combo though mm-hmm. let me check my notes this is great having you this has been awesome uh catching up with you we covered your whole life your incredible life your journey um yeah kitchen mouse everybody listening I'm excited to go check it out and stop being opposed to you and my friend. I should have been there a million times. But <laughs> it's crazy because everything is so spread out here. That, that could take like 40 minutes to get there. And it's probably not even 10 miles away. Who knows how many miles it is. It I'm, I'm said,
1: check. I think my navigation from there to here was 28 minutes.
0: I wonder how many miles it was. Yeah. Depending on what time of day. It sucks because we all have been Cali and there's so many of us that our like, friends, but we're all spread out. It's just, that's why I wish it was like. That's what I do miss about New York, walking and taking the subway. Mm-hmm. I really miss that. Yeah. I hate, fucking hate driving. I didn't have a car. I sold my car a year ago, got my son a car. I take Ubers. I take those little bird scooters. I fucking walk. I jog. I, I just love my life without a car.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Wait, didn't you like not get your license forever? Until I was 33, yeah. Yeah. And, and then it, you had to do it to go to the hospital when- Max was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this story. <laughs>
0: Moon, it's like you can't go into the- uh, You can't be there when your son's born unless you get a license. Unless you
1: got a license. I remember that.
0: And I drove her there like a fucking grandma, like under the speed limit, like white knuckling it. But I got us there. And we Mm -hmm. had the baby. But yeah, my wife made me get my license. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I never really, I never driven highways, maybe once. I have a massive fear of that. So I just started going to therapy. So hopefully I'm going to find out why I hate flying and why I don't drive on highways. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to dig deep into my mind.
2: That's
1: great. You've had therapy? Uh Uh-huh. You like it? We all need therapy.
0: You think it's important, right? I do. Did you get it at a young age or later on in life? Later. Okay. Later. After your mom probably, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never got therapy since my dad passed at a very young age. Nobody in my family has ever gotten therapy and I'm the first one to do it and, and break the, you know, the cycle, I guess, of my family doing it. Yeah. I'm excited. I've been there once already. I'm waiting for my second appointment. but Oh, wow. Ex-
1: this is really new.
0: Yeah, I get inspired by one of my guests at the podcast not out yet and she talked about it. She inspired me and now I went to her person who's amazing and yeah, it's a big deal. I didn't even Mm -hmm. tell my wife or my son I told them when I came home they were like shocked because it's been talked about in my house and in my marriage, you know? Um, That's amazing. Just about having dad issues and shit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm just kind of nervous now because it's like what if I dig deep and I find something that that I'm like I really didn't want to know that because I guess the the brain blocks out different traumatic things in your life, you know?
1: Or what if if it's amazing? I know. What if it all works out? It can
0: only elevate me in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What if the, what if the, what if the, uh, my person's like, you're just perfect. Just leave. And no, I'm
1: just kidding. Um,
0: <laughs> well, thank you for being here. This is awesome. I, I'm
1: so glad we did this. Yeah,
0: this is so chill. We're talking. We just fucking, but I learned a lot about you. And uh, yeah, Kitchen Mouse, everybody. Highland Park. I'm going to go. I'm going to post about this week. I'm going to pull up there Friday and uh, eat some food. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Thank, thank you, everybody. Toby. Thank you. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm looks like a big black blob, is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting, you have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up, it's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code, use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session, call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com, one of the most experienced tattoo removal companies in the world, over 600,000 removal treatments done, 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia, state-of-the-art art peak laser technology, cryo-technology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do on these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TOBYH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.